Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Two Sushi Rolls Podcast. I am your host, Georgie, King of the Fucking Castle, and I am joined today with my lovely host and wife, Leslie E., the Mama Bear. And welcome back, guys, to another episode. Today we got the guest we've been talking about forever now, it feels like. <laughs> we got Orion, the Hunter Photography, in the studio. Thank you for coming. Yo, yo. What's going on, man? What's Neil? Not too much, man. Uh, just staying busy, trying to take advantage of the uh, the end of the nice weather before we're locked down for eight months, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, so. <laughs> now, guys, if you guys don't know who we are talking to right now, you guys haven't been paying attention, well, first of all, you're sleeping, all right? <laughs> Second of all, please go to Instagram. Uh, give uh, give his page a, 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 you know, a follow. Uh, make sure you guys check out his stuff. You guys will find him on Instagram at Orion the Hunter Photography. Yep, and that's yep. on Instagram. Is there any other handle you got that we we, we can pump out? I, uh, I I use that one pretty much for everything. So like Facebook, um, Twitter for uh, Instagram, um, my email address. I even have a website for the, uh, for that handle as well. So um, I tried to keep it consistent throughout so that everybody could find me pretty easy. And um, I was hoping that the name Orion the Hunter would have been a lot easier to remember. Or for people to understand what it was, but I didn't realize how many people don't understand, you know, constellations and stars in the night sky. Gotcha. It kind of blew my mind because everyone was like uh, Orion, or uh, you know, they were mispronouncing it. And, <laughs> like uh, Orion's belt, right? Correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so I was kind of blown away that no one knew what that was, <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 Orion the Hunter, like that constellation right there. That's awesome, man. Now, we had Orion come into the studio today. He brought us tons of gifts. Uh, he brought us some shirts. He brought us uh, some, uh, it's like a braided uh, camera handle, right? Yeah, so it's a wrist strap. So um, you lock that sucker on your wrist, you connect it to your camera, and then this way you can take crazy shots and not have to worry about dropping your $3,000 camera. Awesome, nice. awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we're actually about to start implementing uh, video into our studio. Nice. What's, what's something you would recommend for... Uh, video here honestly uh sony makes incredible stuff i brought a couple of toys with me today gotcha. um, just to show you my camera setups and nice. i got um an old school polaroid too that uh, is from the 70s that i got working again um, I brought a bunch of stuff, so I'll show you some of that stuff. Um, but I would say just look into Sony. Sony? I know that uh, I know that there's like the Alpha, the yeah. Alpha series. Yeah, the Alpha series is amazing. It's like the best camera you can get for the money. I started with the A6000, which is uh, um, one of the the lower Sony cameras, but it's amazing. It's a great starter camera. It does great video, great pictures. It it um, is a beast. It's real small too, so you can carry it around with you everywhere. You know that's the name of the game when you're shooting photography is always have your camera with you. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, uh, I would just look into Sony stuff. Uh, they've they've got the best sensors. They've they've got the the market cornered right now. Everyone's playing catch up to them, in my opinion. Oh wow, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's something that we had noticed. I know that um, the video quality seems really good. Oh yeah, and I mean for the price, I mean they're really really <clears throat> good for entry level. I mean. Good quality, good price. Easy I mean, it's to some, use. So I'm, yep. I'm glad to hear that that's something we can yeah. get backed up on. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. So you were telling me about this camera you were rebuilding because you brought us also um, this this booklet with all your with uh, your photos on it. This is uh, <clears throat> your portfolio, so to speak. Your... So the the thing nowadays, because magazines are kind of losing their, their luster and their steam and so are newspapers and a right. lot of printed media, right? So photographers kind of made up this little thing called a zine, which is a mini magazine that you could oh. self-publish, self-print, self-make, you know, keep it in-house. You don't need to pay anybody a bunch of money to make something like that. You can just go online, um, set it all up, and have them, you know, shoot it out to you for 150 bucks for like 50 copies. Oh, it's wow. super cheap, super great quality. Yeah, it's um, great. Yeah, so, so pretty much I just started looking into how to make my own zine. And YouTube is obviously the place <laughs> really? for everything. You can right. learn how to change your oil to making a zine, to rebuilding a carburetor on yeah. that sucker, yeah. you know? So I just went on there and, and did my homework and started, you know, watching a bunch of videos on uh, how to make uh, zines and it was really straightforward, and I followed a couple processes from um, this guy named Nick Exposed, who's on YouTube. Uh-huh. And, um, and is and he a photographer as well? Yeah, a film photographer, does a bunch of film work and zines uh, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I just followed his lead, and it worked out perfect, and I was handing them out, you know, you know, throughout the holidays and you know you send them to friends you give them to uh, you know people that you meet or it's it's great promotional material and um it's like a good 
business card or a, right, a real right. big business card. Yeah, and, well, we're going to be, and this is a promise for from the studio, um, we're definitely going to have some of the stuff put up here because, nice. like, like I said, we're still finishing, you know, getting this office going and all that. And, and it takes money, but, you know, thankfully our sponsors, like, uh, we might as well segue into that real quick. Our sponsors, <laughs> BasicRoofingTX.com. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Um, right now, as you guys heard in the last episodes, the last two episodes, mm-hmm. they've actually headed to the, uh, the Carolinas and they're actually helping people repair. Uh, they came with fuel, power generators, as well as water and um, uh, lots of aid. Um, I've seen some of the progress that they're doing. I mean, devastation, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. <clears throat> Trees going through people's houses. Yeah, like 10 feet of water. Craziness. Yeah, crazy yeah. stuff. I've seen some nuts, nuts pictures. Yeah, so thank you, basicroofingtx.com. So if you guys um, are in the Carolinas or um, even if you guys are in the Midwest, Texas, uh, don't forget the Illinois, their offices. Uh, you guys could uh, find them on uh, basicroofingil.com. And uh, the phone number for the Illinois office is 630-742-0477. Give them a call. Uh, They'll do a free inspection and um, take care of anything you guys are going to need. Thank you, Basic Roofing. (laughs) Thank Um, you. Yeah. And um, I'll send you some more prints, like I was saying. So I got a ton of stuff that I just print out to burn ink. So I'll send you some stuff. You guys can do whatever you want with it. Give it away. Put it up. Thank you so much. And for all you folks listening, you guys can't see his zine. um, We'll post some photos uh, not only on our Instagram, but we'll also put some on our uh, Facebook page and 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 we'll put them on our Twitter. Sorry for not being so active on there. but (laughs) It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's definitely tough. It's a full-time job. Um, But, man, thank you so much. Like I told you before we started recording, when I saw you on Instagram the first time, I, I was in wow. I was like, man, this is the kind of stuff I really, really, really like. And I went and I showed her. And I'm like, look, check this out. And, and the first thing I told her was, I'm like, look at this photo. I believe it was like a portrait you did on the street of sure. an older woman. Yeah. And I'm like, doesn't it just make you think, you know, who is she? What's her story? You know, where is she going? You know, yeah. it, and that's what I find beautiful about photos. See, a lot of people don't really think into depth of what photos bring. you got to make them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you look at it, if a photo doesn't make you question the things that I did, you know, then, you know, you're not looking at it properly. Right. Open your mind. I mean, this is this this is before video, man. Yeah. This is how people told stories. This is how uh, history is now being documented. Yeah, recorded, right. And, exactly. And now one of the things that I really loved about your profile is you called it time traveling. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you view it that way? Sure. So I think that photography is literally um, freezing time. So um, every time you take a picture, you're, like you said, documenting or recording that moment in time. And... Um, a lot of times you can travel back in time, especially in a city like Chicago, because there's a ton of history, a ton of old stuff still standing. Um, so I'll walk around and I'll look for shots that are timeless or like a time machine where you can't tell if I took it today or if I took it in 1969. So that's pretty much why, um, I like to call myself a time traveler because gotcha. that's that's what I look for is that old um, you can't tell when I took it you know if it's 1980 or today or you know like I said 1969 or today or even like um, a year ago versus today you can still see the time difference when you freeze that moment in time and really look at it like mm-hmm. you were saying right so yeah so I think that um, that's one of my favorite things to do is is to make people question when I even took this wow that's awesome yeah. now I know that there's this big um, I don't know if you're aware of it, Les, but um, there's this, I guess you would say, kind of like a discussion, um, almost like a quarrel between a lot of people who are uh, photography lovers. Um, there's people uh, rejuvenating old photos, bringing sure. them to color. And I've seen that uh, there's mixed reactions about this. There's some people who are like, no, you know, they're supposed to be kept the way that they were. Mm-hmm. And then there's some other people who are like, you know, we're trying to give another view of, you know, what we're missing out of the photo. What What's your opinion? Where do you stand on this topic? Yeah, I think that that's super cool that um, art is always meant to be messed with. I think that even something like photography in general is you taking a picture of somebody else's art. So so like the Marina Towers right there, mm-hmm. that to me is architectural art. You know, that stands out. That's, you know, written in time. That's something that um, people would come to Chicago just to see. So you're taking 
a photo of somebody else's art. So you're recreating that vision in your mind and freezing that moment in time. So I think the same thing applies for like old photography or old pictures or old movies. Like when they redid The Wizard of Oz and they brought it into color like that, right. I think that that was amazing because it added a whole new vibe, a whole new element. And, and black and white versus color is... Those are to- totally two different worlds. Right. You're always going to have the black and white version. That's frozen in time. That's already been appreciated. That's already been you know loved. I think that's why some people may m- maybe hold on to it a little bit too tight. Right. Is because they love that traditional old vibe of that black and white. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, why not give it new life? I think that a lot of things in the world kind of suffer because they don't change with the times or they don't right. roll with the punches or go with the flow. So I think life in general is about the flow. If you start to resist, like Bruce Lee always used to say, you know, you're standing in a river. If you if you stand there and try to resist the flow of that river, it's going to be painful. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're going to your muscles are going to ache, you're going to get tired, eventually you're going to get swept away and probably drowned in that river. But if you go with the flow and let that river take you, yeah, sometimes there's going to be some rough water. Sometimes you're going to turn the corner and you're going to, you know, have like this paradise and, you know, it's going to be beautiful and sunny. Sometimes it's going to be dark and cloudy, but as long as you go with the flow, I think that, you know, you're going to be in a better spot than somebody that's constantly resisting. So go with that flow, you know, yeah, take that old stuff and put a new spin to it. I think that um, a lot of great artists have done just that. They just steal old ideas and revamp them. I mean, that's how Apple became Apple, right? Right, yeah. right. Exactly. So, yeah, that's kind of my take on it. Go with it. Yeah, I, and you know what? I agree with that. You have to, in some kind of way, play with it. I mean... There's there's many takes on Mozart's music. Exactly. I mean, there's heavy metal bands who have done covers and stuff. Techno. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just something that, yeah, like you said, you have to grab that piece of clay that has already been and add a little bit more to it. I, I agree with it, though. I do see where some people's, you know, misunderstanding of the uh, of the issue may be, and they're diehard yep. one way or the other. You know, I can respect that too. Yeah. But you know, for folks like us, because I've agreed with that. I mean, I've seen some World War II photos that you know were. In all black and white. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered, I'm like, man, you know, like, you always want that little bit of more, like, I wonder what this looked like. Or, or women's dresses. What, sure. what colors were they? Yeah. And, and sometimes people have this, um, at least personally, I have this vision of, like, what colors must have been used. And they always seem so antique-ish. Or and, muted or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, they bring it back. And some of these people were wearing dresses that were vibrant, just like today's dresses. And it Big compl- time. Yeah. And it's like, wow, how ignorant. Ignorant was I to assume that like that it was just like very old timey kind of colors, right. very, dirty or yeah, like yeah, yeah, not yeah. as good. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's not. No. I mean, they've had vibrance forever, right? And I, I feel that that maybe even like for somebody like myself, you know, brings a different outlook on what people were doing back then. For what sure. photography was missing in in that moment. Mm-hmm. But I mean, both ways, I love it. Yeah, I do I too. Really do. I, I think that that's why I I, I do black and white and, you know, color photography is because I love both mediums. I think that color, you know, like you said, adds that pop, adds that, you know, appeal. Um, There's a lot more to play with and a lot more to think about when you're shooting in color or when you're just seeing in color. Mm -hmm. And, um, And then black and white, I think it trains your eyes to see just light and shadow and stuff like that. So I think that that's super important for people to understand if you're going to start taking pictures or even do video Mm -hmm. or, you know, make movies or anything is you have to understand that it's about light. It's not about taking pictures of cool stuff. It's about the lighting. Light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I break that down to some of the guys that I hang out with that are just learning the ropes or they're coming to me for advice and stuff, I tell them, I'm like, you know, stop seeing cool things and start seeing light. Gotcha. And once they really grasp that, like everything changes and wow. you can see the change in their photography. And it's a simple um, aspect that you're yeah. telling them to look at. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, it, it's always been like that. I mean, sometimes the simplest things is what it's we're always missing. The simplest things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why all those things like, um, you know, you see a meme on uh, Facebook or Instagram or, you know, just floating around on the internet, like, um, you know, um, 
uh, I don't know, think of think of something that you found that was like uh, kind of corny, but it made you know complete sense. I'm drawing a blank. Something corny, but that made complete sense. Yeah, you know, just something simple. You know, like some kind of meme, like "Be kind to your elders" or something gotcha. like that. You okay. know, like I, when I was a young guy, I always you know thought like, "Oh, these old people have no clue." You know, they're they you know they're this is past their time. You know, they they couldn't possibly understand where I'm coming from today. Mm-hmm. But then as I got older, I was like, "Man, if I would have just listened to a couple yeah. of those things that those old people were telling me, yeah. I would have avoided a, a lot of pitfalls and a lot of mistakes that Definitely. I made in my life." You know. Yeah. And I was like yeah. that was kind of dumb you know I was a little ignorant on my yeah. part but um but it's just something like that you know yeah. something super simple like you know appreciate your elders or you know um there's a ton of them um you know early to bed early to rise you know like that type of stuff it's all true yeah but it's yeah. all simple and people make fun of that stuff like oh that's corny <laughs> right well it sounds corny and you hear it all the time but if you really applied it to your life and if you broke it down you know and and took that simple little thing like make your bed, you know, right. like, right. you know, that win, when you wake up, if you make your bed and that's the first thing you do, you already got a win in the bank. You know, <laughs> you're already rolling. Things are already positive. So, you know, just little stuff like that. Just yeah. pay attention. Do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know what? That's one of the things that I've talked on previous episodes. And I think you've even said it. Some, it, 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 it you do kind of, it's those simple things that help you grow a lot quicker mm-hmm. because it's something as simple as, you know, get toxic people out of your life. Yes. You have toxic friends, remove yes. them. And when I was younger, my mom used to tell me, that's a bad influence. Or my dad would say, you know, that's a bad influence. And I'm like, they don't know what yeah. they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I have my own mind. Exactly. You grow up. And like you said, you do realize you're like, man, they're right. It, it does influence what I'm doing. If I have a friend who, you know, spends his time doing this, I may end up kind of joining him in on it, whether it's something, we, way, whether yeah. it's positive or negative. Exactly. So you got to bring people in that um, magnetize people to you that are doing positive things or things that, you know, could nurture what you're looking to do. Right. And it's simple things like that as well. And I think you've even talked about it before. Yeah. I, I My thing is that when you just have to kind of let go, that's my thing, instead of being so life has to be this way. Controlling, yeah. It's more you have to learn how to let things go. If there's one slip up. Just don't let it ruin your entire day. Just be like, okay, and go on to the next thing. You know, that was one little thing, but I made my bed like that. Yeah. And now I have to do this, and that will probably go well, well too. Right. And if it doesn't, it's okay. I have a million things on my list today. Yeah. Why not let this one thing ruin all the things I'm going to do today? Yeah, I think that that's the key, too, that I've been working on myself is um, recovery time. So, you know, you're going to have bad moments. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have stuff happen to you that's not good, you mm-hmm. know, and you can't avoid that. Anybody that says that they can is lying, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I think the the key is not to avoid that. It's to see that happening, accept it, and then try to get yourself out of that mindset as quick as possible. So like I said, if you're just having a bad day because you didn't sleep enough and you get into an argument with your significant other, right, and it's about something dumb, um, catch yourself in that moment as quick as possible, and then pull yourself out of that moment. And if you can do that, you'll save yourself a lot of drama, a lot of trouble, things blowing up and flaring up. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, you can move on then to the next thing. It right. doesn't yeah. consume you for the entire day or even longer. You know, gotcha. some people will let that consume them for years. Yeah. You know, and they'll and they'll be like, well, I'm depressed or I don't know how to get out of this. It's like just change your mindset. Yeah. You know? And some people use that as a crutch, almost yeah. like uh, I'm going to tell you what's going on. So you feel bad for me. Maybe that'll make it feel better. 100%. It's not going to, and it's not going to. Yeah. And, and I, I liked what you were saying too, about surround yourself with great people, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that that's another key too, is, um, if you surround yourself with people that think like that, or that, um, will pull themselves out of that negativity or that are always positive, um, or that are always active, always doing new things, traveling, saying yeah. yes to, you know, to everything, mm-hmm. um, going on podcasts like this, right. um, those are the type of people you want to surround yourself with because uh, you're going to have more fun, first of all. Um, it's going to be awesome. And then you're going to meet a lot of cool people. You're going to mm-hmm. make great relationships. And that's all the great stuff. But you're also going to learn so much. Um, there's going to be opportunities that open up and um, and things will happen. And it will all be positive as far as that's concerned. Yeah, you're still going to have some financial problems or you're going to have some work drama or you know life drama. But... Um, but yeah, as long as you try to keep that positive tip rolling, mm-hmm. keep that thing going. And yeah. making moves, yeah. yeah. I mean, in in all reality, when we started this podcast, it, it 
there were so many signs that it was meant to be. Right. Um, I was like, I, I think for me, I mean, close to 10 years now, I've been a huge fan of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And it all started with like, you know, little silly ones like anything Ghost with Lex yeah. Wall. Yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> uh, what's the other one I listened to? The No Sleep Podcast. Okay. And then little by little, I started bleeding into like the Joe Rogan experience. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, what's another one? A Tiger Belly with yeah, Bobby Tiger Lee. Belly. Okay, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, that I'm one's really good. Out too. Out. Okay. Bobby Lee, it's, it's funny. It's off the hinge. Nice. Um, your mom's <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll like that one. Um, your mom's pod- Your mom's house podcast with yeah. Tom Segura. Okay. They're, they're comedians. Yep. That, that's honestly one of my my favorite ones. It's very lowbrow. Okay. I mean, we can get pretty lowbrow here as well. But that one, I mean, they, they, that, that one's on him. When I started listening to your guys' podcast, I was like, all right, all right, I don't have to watch my P's and Q's. You know, I'm like, all right. No, no, no. Do, can I swear on here? You no, know, definitely. And what can I talk about? You know, I was like, is it uh, is it kid-friendly? You know? <laughs> no, mainly it's, it's honestly it's supposed to be something where, you know, it, the only way to have organic conversation is to have no walls, I no agree. boundaries, no chains, no nothing. Right. And whatever happens, happens. And that's one of the main things that I really wanted with my podcast. And like I was saying before, I knew it was meant to be because she's she's super shy. And <laughs> I, I, I do music. I do all kinds of things. Yeah. I've always been in performance art since sure. I was younger. And um, one day I was like, you know what? I'm listening to all these podcasts. I would like one. I think I have a voice. I want to be heard. And... At one point, uh, I, I called her over to me, and I was like, you know what? I'm like, I want to tell you something. I'm like, but I don't know if you're going to think it's kind of silly. And she's like, what's that? And I'm like, I think I want to start a podcast. And her words were, I knew you wanted to. Because you know what? The way you listen to podcasts now, it's not just listening to them. You're studying them. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's like, and, I, and it's like, I've just literally have been waiting for you to tell me that. Yeah, nice. I was waiting. I was waiting. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys are a great team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and what was even more serendipitous was that she was like, the only thing is, is that if you do it, I want to be on it. And I was like, really? Heck I mean, yeah. th- that is something that blew me away. Like, I, 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 I felt like I know her so well. And then for her to out of nowhere be like, I want to be in it. I'm like, the shyest fucking person <laughs> I've ever met in my life. That's is, super cool. Yeah. Though. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm like, totally, let's do this. And, uh, yeah, we got the ball moving. There was a lot of research and studying oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of it, we knew that when we were going to do this, that we knew there was going to be the obstacles, which yeah. we had. There was financial obstacles. There was technical obstacles. Exactly. I mean, even before we started recording every episode, there's always some little thing we missed. And, and it one button you forgot to press. One button, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, um, you know, we're, we're learning as we're going. But at the same time, you know, I feel that this is an adventure that her and I took out of so cool. Out of pure fear, and we're like, let's do this. That's you know? the best kind. I mean, yeah. that's a great segue because I think that a lot of people, you know, they're like, um, what does it mean to grow up? Um, or what does it mean to be mature? Or what does it mean to um, become an adult, right? So, like, those are the questions you ask yourself when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. And then you see, you know, adults and how they act, and you're like, oh, maybe that's what it means to be an adult. Oh, maybe that's what it means to be an adult. And you kind of try to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when I think, or when I got to the point to where I thought I really figured it out and I'm still there. It was that it was don't fear anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're younger, you're kind of shy. Like, like you were yeah. saying, um, you don't want to rock the boat or you don't want to create waves or, you know, some drama or something like that. Um, because you're young, you know, you don't know mm-hmm. how anybody's going to take it. You don't mm-hmm. have that much authority yet. You're not, you know, you don't have the respect quote unquote respect that a grown up would have or something like that. So you really don't know how to act or do anything like that. But when you're, when you get to a certain point and you're not in school anymore, you just have a job and you're like, man, I want to go take that karate class. Cause I always wanted to do something with martial arts, but I was always too chicken when I was younger. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just didn't have the balls to go into the gym and just say, Hey, you know, what's up? I want to try this out. Mm-hmm. Well, just go do that. You know, if you wanted to go downtown and take pictures and get right up in people's faces and take some portrait <laughs> shots, like you were saying, right. you know, that's the biggest fear for, for photographers is getting up into people's faces and saying, hey, can I take your portrait or can I take your picture? Because mm-hmm. of that rejection, you know, you're afraid someone might deck you or something mm-hmm. like that. They're not going to deck you. If they tell you no, you say thanks, have a great day, and you move on, you yeah. know? But people are super afraid of that. So you face those fears. That's what it means to be an adult. That's what it means to grow up. Mm -hmm. It's just don't fear anything. Just go for it. Your time is limited. Yeah. 
Don't right. fear nothing. Get, get that podcast going. Right. <laughs> right. You know? That's and, exactly how and, it was. And, and I come from a family that's all entrepreneurs. And awesome. I think And I feel that that's one of the main things that has always driven us is that it's almost like being an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. You know you're going to get that. <laughs> and it, it's one of those where it's like if I start a new business, mm-hmm. there it may be a loss. It may take a lot of money. It may not work out. But you go at it and you shoot for that obstacle. But I love the way that photography in a way, it's almost like a spiritual business you're doing. It helps, yeah. I mean, that's um, one of the things that you can always bank on is even if things aren't going good, you're still doing it for yourself. You know, yeah, that's you love it. right, exactly. That's what you got to remember is um, if you're not doing it for yourself and because you love it, like you said, you're probably gonna fail. I'm right. just saying that. But if you fail and you learn that that's what your mistake was, then it was a win. Mm. But as long as you learn something from your failures, you know, don't let your failures just be failures. You got to learn. You got to dissect that that failure. See what you did wrong, and try to you know do something different. I don't know if you could do it right the next time because that's impossible to figure out. You, know, you can't predict the future, but just right. do something different or apply that knowledge. Right. You know, cause yeah, I mean, that's the best part about making that zine. For example, I didn't make the zine cause I wanted to make a million dollars selling zines. I wanted to make the zine so that I could go through the entire process of making a zine. Wow. The process. the process, the process. Are you familiar with, um, uh, Gary V? Uh, yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. one of the main things he talks about. And that's one of the things that I really do appreciate about the stuff that he talks. Now, I've had, I, I talk to people about it sometimes, you know, my personal time, and I get mix, mixed reactions like, oh, it's just another one of those guys. It's whatever, whatever you want to interpret it as. Right. I love the guy. Yeah. And um, that's one of the main things he says, you know, he says, this is my goal. I want to own, uh, I, I forgot what football team is the one. He oh, the Jets. To, the Jets. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I think I'm going to enjoy the process of getting there more than actually owning it. When he like, gets there, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I feel – and that's the same thing that I'm telling you. It's that drive that – it's that process that you love. And I always tell her that. I'm like, how many things do we not have today that do you not remember when we we're like, man, let's get this. Let's hope we get this house. Let's hope we yes. get this car, whatever, car, yeah. whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And then you have it and you look back and then you're like – I remember when I was shooting a Gimpus. Right. You know? And, and I love that, too. And it's, and it's the process. Yeah. It's the process you don't you remember. You, you don't, like, it, it's it's a lot more vivid. Mm-hmm. And it, feel, it makes you feel accomplished. Now, one Big of the time. things, and one of the things um, to kind of go back on, uh, you said sure. one of your biggest fears was, was that the biggest fear is approaching people to ask them to get a... No, I've always been pretty cool with people, and um, I've never been really that shy. You know, I, I can go up and make friends with anybody and have 10 friends in a room of strangers in nice. half an hour, you know, um, just because you have to be approachable. You have to, you know, just go at it with a positive attitude, and I think that that kind of radiates and people gravitate towards that. Gotcha. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I don't. If if I said, you know, what my, would my biggest fear be? It, it would be something child related. You know, like my children. You know, gotcha. something happening to them, or you know, that that would probably be my biggest fear now. I agree. Before mm-hmm. children, it was probably like death or like um, you know something like that. Like most people have that fear, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, of losing your job or um, uh, you know losing your your significant other or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, loss, loss of something and, and not having that control, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, so I think now, though, it's just something related to my kids, you know, right. them getting sick or having problems, you know, health-wise more than anything. Now, being very open with people sometimes, that comes with having a love for humanity, right? Yeah. Like just liking humans, right? People watching, and I mean, you enjoy that. People I'm a, watching, yeah. You, you enjoy it. that, right? So, so let me let me let me go off on that real quick. So that was my favorite thing to do. So when I was at Columbia College downtown in Chicago, right on Michigan Avenue, there, um, like I was telling you, I, yeah. I hung out um, downtown a lot. I lived in the city over on the west side on Huron and Hoyne, kind of like by Division and Damon, okay. or uh, Chicago and Damon, and um, and then I took the train in, went to school. But you didn't go back and forth, so you just hung out down in the city between classes. So I was down there like nine hours a day, and um, and in between time when I'm killing time, um, I would sit out on Michigan Avenue and just people watch. And what I would do is I would make up stories for all the different people that walked by, and I would try to figure out what they were doing here, what they would you know were doing in life, you know, like their story. And I would just make this up in my head, and they would walk past, and then I would do it the next person, you know, that caught my eye. And um, this was usually in between time, I, I you know, when I was up on the 14th floor or whatever, I can't remember what floor it was, but it was way up at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, that was where the photography lab was and every once in a while you just had to get out of there because the dark room will drive you insane after a little bit (laughs) 
So you had to get out of the dark room for a while, and I would just sit there and people watch. It's wow. like one of my awesome. favorite things to do. I love that. And you know what? Uh, when it, speaking on the fear and people watching, mm-hmm. um, that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I at one point I was doing uh, I, I I was doing very well in one of uh, our family businesses. Sure. And I would spend a lot of time flying for no reason sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to be one hundred percent honest with you, but I like going into I I love being in the airport and doing that. I like sitting down at the airport, getting like uh, if there's a restaurant with like maybe like a window seat that looks into the rest of the airport. Mm-hmm. I love sitting there, and airport specifically because it makes you wonder where people are going. Yeah. It could be a tragedy. It could be whatever, right? Yep, same And deal. growing up, I feel that this was connected to my fear that I've always had, which wasn't death okay. itself. And it sounds weird, but it was the fear of dying and not getting to meet everybody in the world. Oh, I got you. Yeah. yeah. To, Have you ever felt to, that? To not, not be able to accomplish everything that you were looking to accomplish. No, not necessarily. More I, people related. Yeah, people. Okay. Like, I, 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 was a, I was like, you know what? The day that I die, I'm never going to meet every single human to walk this world. And I remember telling my younger brother, and he's like, man, that's a weird fear. It is. And I was like. I, I, I like and, it, though. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know what about it drove me nuts. That I just felt like that was my purpose, was to literally be on Earth and meet everybody. Well, now you get to talk to them all, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I feel that that's one of the things that drives me. Yeah. Is that fear. The fear that you're going to die, you're not going to meet everybody. Yeah. And when I people watch, I'm like, man, I would love to, like, uh, looking at, like, uh, an, uh, an older person, mm-hmm. you know, an older man. And, and, and I, I wonder, I'm like, has he served the military? Has he not? Um, does he, what stories does he have? His heartbreak. What heartbreak? Right. How did he get past it? Um, all the world wars they, they've seen, all yes, the drama, all the yes. change. Like, they were around before TVs or, you know, like, um, you know, like, yeah, I, I hear you 100%. That's why I think I'm kind of, you know, drawn towards older people, too, and I'm taking street portraits like that, mm-hmm. is because you can see the story in their face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can see their time spent in their face. It's and, and, awesome. when, and when I look in your photography, yeah. like the portraits that you had, that's one of the things that like, because, you know, feeling sad is one of the most powerful feelings oh, yeah. that we have. It's the most powerful one in my opinion. Crazy emotion. Yeah. Because like, it's like I told her before, I'm like, if you were to win the lottery today, right? Yeah. You'd be like, whoa, super excited. But then you found out that somebody very close to you died. It, it ruins it. Oh, yeah. It, you, you could be super angry, yelling. Trumps everything. And you find out something sad happened. It completely voids out any other feeling. I remember, speaking of that, um, back in the day, me and my buddy were watching Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. And we were a little ripped. And it was like back in the college days. Nice. So we were rocking and rolling watching this movie, and it's a trip. You know, it's like, it's a crazy movie, you know, because it's like a musical. So they're singing. I've never personally seen it, but I know it's a musical. It's insane. Yeah. So they're singing and dancing, and it's like super, you know, crazy. There's, you know, drama, there's highs and lows, but it ends in a huge high, you know. So we're smiling, we're going crazy, we're having a great time. We click off the movie, and the first thing that pops up on the screen was Princess Diana has died. You know, in that car crash under that bridge? Yeah. It was like, like you said, it went from complete elation, like, you know, over joy to, like, dead silence. Wow. You know, like, you could hear the crickets in the yeah. room. You know, everyone's just like, huh? You know? Right. And we didn't know her. You know, we weren't that invested in her. But it was just that, like, shock of, like, right. sadness and that craziness of right. that moment. But like you said, one second later. One second. Exactly. Yeah. It, like, it can completely derail. It's like a big wall. Yeah. It was and, nuts. And in a way... Some people let that completely destroy them. Oh, yeah. Consume them. Consume them. them. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I use that. I, I use, it, use it as fuel. You I know? agree. I mean, gasoline can completely torch a place down, or it could power a car. It could get you from play, you know, point A to point B. And if you use that sadness to view the world even in a different way, it, it, it can make you a better human. It can help you change the world, even if it's with one little thing. And looking at the portraits of, like, you know, the people on your page, it, 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 it ignited that sadness inside of me that, wow, this is a beautiful photo. I'm wondering about their life. I'm never going to get to meet them. God knows who they are. And it makes my heart break a little bit. But at the same time, I appreciate that because it makes me realize that, this is why I need to strive to meet more people, yeah. to, to talk to more people, get Go their stories. The yeah. yeah. And I'm not one to like, like she, she's had moments where, you know, she's like, I 
you know, this person's posting this, for example, on social media. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to see that. Uh-huh. I'm going to delete it. <laughs> yep. You know what I do? I keep them. Yeah, I keep them. And she's like, you're so weird, but you don't agree with that. I'm like, no, like 100% I don't. Right. And she's like, why do you keep them? Because I, I, I don't want to remove that person because of something. I don't know what made them think that way. Right. You know, exactly. they could, you know, it, it, and, and, you know, li- we live in a life where it's, you know, it's a uh, nurture over nature all the time oh, or yeah. your nature versus nurture. Sure. You never know which way those people were, we're brought raised. up. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I always have that compassion. I always have that compassion. You have and I know, to. but at the same, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say people don't annoy the hell out of me. <laughs> I agree. I, you know, yeah. I, I, there's times, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a human. I'll be sitting there on pages and I'm like, oh, that's stupid. I don't. But am I going to remove them? Am I going to? No, because no. they. I'm guarantee you, there's 20 other people that are looking at my stuff, being like, ah, oh, stupid. Yeah, right. And you can't put yourself in an echo chamber either. Right. So if you um. If you see things that you don't agree with or that you don't like or that um, piss you off, right, Um, to remove them would be essentially to isolate yourself or to put yourself in a padded room where nothing can hurt you. And I don't think that that's the right move either. I think you have to, you know, see the bad stuff. Like one of the biggest things I think that people need to do is get out of this country. So if you get out of the country and you travel the world and you see what's really up, you realize how other people live and how everything else is kind of set up and situated and how poor the rest of the world is and how crazy the rest of the world is and how you can't just turn faucets on in certain parts and get water and there's no toilets and you can't just go to a grocery store and consume as much food as possible. You know, when you see that type of stuff, it puts a lot of shit in perspective quick. Hell yeah. You know, so then um, you come back here and you realize that we're all the 1%. We're wow, all yeah. the top of the top, yeah. you know. And and we won the lotto just being born, you know, yeah. with this opportunity. Right. And, um, and to not take advantage of it by doing a kick-ass podcast like this or Thank going you. around taking kick-ass photos or whatever, you know, is a shame. It's kind of It's kind of a waste, so... And you said you travel for your work. You said you were, uh, yeah. You, can, can we can we talk about? What yeah. So know? my daytime job yeah. is um, I'm an engineer. I build cell phone towers and I make your cell phone work pretty much. So. Okay. Um, all the different cell phone carriers will come up to me and they'll say, hey, you know, I need to get coverage in this area. And then I'll build the tower and then I'll put them on there and then, boom, they have coverage. So, um, so yeah, so I have 22 states that I run uh, for this company called Unity. And um, in nine markets or so, AT&T is our big player right now. So okay. we have uh, a lot of good work with them and we have a lot of fun with them. And, um, yeah, you get to travel. Um, you get to go places. This is what I always tell people. I love my job because I get to go places that I would never have gone for any other reason besides work. Right. So I even like the small, I, I get to meet these like small town farmers, you know, in the middle of nowhere. And I'll just, you know, chat with them for a little bit. Like you said, meeting people that you would have never met before love for that. any other reason <laughs> Love that. besides this work stuff. So yeah. yeah, so I'll take a minute and pick his brain and he'll, you know, tell me all this crazy stuff. He'll end up, you know, probably end up giving me eggs or, you know, like a <laughs> pumpkin or something like that too, or, you yeah. know, whatever. And, um, and everybody's super nice. And a lot of people are just kind of lonely and mm-hmm. they just want somebody to talk to, especially when you're out in the middle of nowhere and um and i find that that uh works to my advantage because then you know they want to work with you they want to you know help you out and and cut down the crops or something instead of having my guys do it or something like that you know and it's a lot of fun and out of all the states you've been to um because you said you you Mm -hmm. travel out within the states Mm -hmm. now have you been to minnesota before yeah so um i've been to minnesota a couple times i uh the last time i was at minnesota though i didn't end up taking any pictures i i was geocaching do you know what that is oh i love that that's that's (laughs) crazy man yes so i was geocaching the snot out of that place wow yeah well see that's a out of all the places that i visited in the u.s and i've traveled to a lot of places Minnesota is one of my favorite places. Yeah. Because they have what, like uh, Mario said, they have uh, the term that's called Minnesota nice. Sure. Mm. I love the vibe people give there. People have these, it's a different vibe. And and, I, and it's so hard to explain. I tell people, I'm like, go there. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I used to travel for work as well. Sure. Uh, to multiple states. And like, you know, you're in Illinois and the cashier will be like, here you go. Here's your change. You move on, right? Then you get to Wisconsin, people are a little bit more peppy. They're like, yeah. hey, how you doing? You know, here's your change. You have a nice day. And you're like, oh, okay. You get to Minnesota, and it's like, hi, how are you doing? How was your day? You know, to, and they just, they go, <laughs> and, and, and you're just like, oh, wow, this person's so sweet. Yeah. You go to the next place. Same thing. And I'm like, I love this place. I think it's the weather. 
<laughs> you know what? It could be. I mean, it gets cold as hell yeah. in the wintertime. It gets hella cold. Yeah. And, and, uh, one of the guys we used to work for, he had a property management company, mm-hmm. and uh, he had this really big, beautiful house in Lake Minnetonka. Nice. So, like, he could literally, like, walk down this little pathway on his property and get to a lake, Ugh. and it would freeze over, and he would just drill a hole and ice fish, uh-huh. and he would be wearing just, like, a little vest, like a little <laughs> jacket vest, and we're all, like, you know, scarves, hat, Bundled we're like, up, yeah. dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? He's in the zone. He, he, loved, he, he loved that. I'm like, I don't think I could ever get adjust to cold weather like that but i'm i'm glad there's people who aren't because it makes you wonder like well it's possible and i wonder how the hell they did that i'm telling you man i do a lot of fishing too so that's that's another one of my favorite things to do so i have a a 20-foot bass boat and i tournament fish for bass fit you know just just wow so next weekend i actually have uh the championship for our club up at green lake wisconsin wow so i'm going up there uh, friday saturday and sunday uh three days i'll fish and um it's supposed to be kind of cold and nasty but like you said, um, I'm not that good with cold. Like uh-huh. I have to wear four layers. <laughs> but a bunch of the guys that I fish with, I call them polar bears because they'll little be, literally be out there in flip flops and like oh, shorts. It's crazy. And I'm in four what? layers. And yeah. I'm like, what are you guys yeah. doing? And they're yeah. like, yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah, man. And um, do you ever feel the traveling has become a curse almost? Um, no, because I can kind of call my shots. So if I don't want to travel, I just send my field guys. So I gotcha. have some guys that I can roll out there if I, you know, I'm too busy. Because a lot mm-hmm. of time I'm kind of stuck to the computer and on the phone with AT&T and, you know, giving them updates and letting them know where I'm at and all that jazz. Um, so... Um, I don't get to travel as much as I would like to, but gotcha. every once in a while, um, I'll, I'll go out nowadays. Back, you know, maybe like a handful of years ago, I was traveling nonstop. Um, I couldn't even tell you how many miles I would drive or, you know, travel a year. It was a lot. A and did lot. it get to you a little bit at all or no? I always took advantage. You know, like I, I have a drone too, so I would take the drone with me. I would take the camera with me. Um, you know, I, I would geocache mm-hmm. and sometimes fish if I could, too. You know, so I had a bunch of hobbies that I would, you know, lean on to try to break up that monotony of traveling. Yeah, that's what I'm noticing. You're a man of many talents. Yeah. Like, what the I have heck? ADD really bad. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so, you, so you use it as a blessing, yes. man. That's awesome, yeah. dude. It's very well Fishing, rounded. photography, engineer, and then you were telling us a little bit of paranormal. Yeah, man. Oh, so, yeah. So I have, um, a, you know, a love for, you know, ghost adventure, uh, adventuring, I should say, because mm-hmm. I don't want to steal Zach's show's yeah. name. So, but that is my favorite show of all time. Let's yeah. just put that on the table right now. Yeah, so my Ghost too. Adventures. Um, I'm actually going out to Vegas. Here's another thing that I'm kind of addicted to, too. You know what Spartan racing is? No, I don't. So you know what, like, Tough Mudders are? No. Like those mud runs? Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so we're going to go, me and the and the wife are going to go do one in Vegas, in Laughlin, Nevada, um, in November. And uh, when we go out there, we're going to go to uh, Zach's Haunted Museum and check that place out because I was gotcha. dying to see that ever since right. he's opened it. And I've been back to Vegas since then. But, but yeah, I mean, um, back in the day when, you know, before the Internet and before cell phones and everything else, um, one of my buddies brought over a Ouija board to a party oh. and um, it, we were like uh, just out of high school and kind of young and dumb. So we started asking it the basic questions. Are we going to be rich? Are we going to be famous? You know, stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't know where this Ouija board came from. Some Somebody had come from like Florida or something and brought this with them. And supposedly the girl was like in the occult or something like that should have been the first, you know, red flag. <laughs> okay. We were young and dumb. So it know? was like a really good Ouija board. It yeah, wasn't like it wasn't the ones like that the like glow in the dark or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so we started asking this thing dumb questions like that, you know, like, uh, yeah, are we going to, you know, am I going to, you know, have two kids in a nice house or, you know, am I going to drive a Ferrari, you know, dumb stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing would play along and it would give you this elaborate story about how it died. And, um, and we were kind of blown away, but we thought it was just all BS. Like, you know, like one of our friends was moving it or something like that. So gotcha. we kind of just let that one go. But then we... My buddy brought the Ouija board over to our friend's house, and we were pre-partying, so it was just four of us. And we were hanging out with this Ouija board, and I'm like, let's de-bullshit this. So I put blindfolds on the two people that were going to have the board in their lap. Then we spun the board, like, you know, any direction we wanted to, and put it down in their lap. So they didn't know which way was up and which Mm, way was down. Smart. Then we put the planchet on the board, and we said, put your hands on it, you know. And we had to even guide their hands because they couldn't see nothing. And then we started 
asking it questions and this thing starts moving and we're like, holy cow, you know, and I was, I was asking the questions and my buddy was like trying to record cause it just spells stuff out. So he was writing them down so that we could, you know, read it. And, um, the thing starts moving and it's starting going crazy, starting to spell stuff out. It's saying, you know, like, um, we asked it what the, what its name was and all this other stuff. And it's telling us, you know, Z and one and Ben and all these, you know, crazy names and stuff. And, um, uh, we didn't know really how to act or what to do still. So we were just kind of, you know, playing along. And then eventually um, we said goodbye. And these guys were like, dude, I wasn't touching that thing. The thing was moving and I was not touching it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, okay, let's, let's do some homework before we start messing around with anything else, you know? So we went to the library and legit like went through the library looking for books and stuff about like Ouija boards and like spiritual stuff and all that jazz. And we found a bunch of good stuff and we found a couple of like uh, books. I can't even remember the name of them now, but it was like back in like 95, like I was telling you. And, um, it said, you know, here's the process. The first thing you do is you ask what the spirit's name is or are there any spirits present? I should back up. Are there any spirits present? Once you get a spirit to say yes, then you ask what its name is and what color are its eyes. And if it says anything besides normal colors like green, blue, um, brown, even black is okay. If it says like red or like orange or yellow or something like that, probably time to say goodbye and, and close it up. They also said you do figure eights to kind of like close the loop and to tie that spiritual realm back down. Interesting. Right. So we, we, we learned all this stuff from these books and then we started to apply it. We started to do the Ouija board all the time and we started to get, you know, better and better responses and we started getting, you know, more and more uh, interested in this thing and it started to consume us a little bit. So we started asking it crazy stuff like, um, you know, hey, um, could you let us know where our buddy Jim is? He's late and he's supposed to be here. And the thing would start moving and it would just say, oh, he got in an accident over on this street corner. And we're like, what? And sure enough, Jim comes home 20 minutes later. He's like, you're never going to believe this. Some asshole ran me off the road over by Taco Bell, you know, over by Dundee and Buffalo Grove Road. I'm like, shut up. What the yeah. Fuck? That yeah. is crazy. And, and it said something about crashing into a bank and we're like, what? And he said, yeah, my car rolled all the way up and it, and it was touching that Coldwell banker or that Coldwell bank right on the corner there. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. So we kept, we kept going and we go, we brought it over to one of our buddy's houses and he's uh, like the, the football player jock, you know, quarterback, varsity quarterback, super tough guy, you know? So, um, we're, we're doing the Ouija board there and we're hanging out and me and him are not even on the board. He's recording and I'm asking questions. So there's two other guys on the board and um, we start to instigate this spirit, like piss it off. And it's, it starts saying, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I have your sister, Kelly. And at that point I turn and look at my buddy, you know, Ryan. And I'm like, did you just see that? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's right. I have your sister, Kelly. Well, here's the story. Nobody in that room besides me and him knew that he had a sister that was eight years old when she died in a car crash. No, her name, no, her no. Name was fuck Kelly, off, dude. fuck off. Yes. This thing is, yes. This, I'm telling you, I got goosebumps on my arm right now. Holy just, shit. Just talking about it. Yeah. And he started bawling, you know, like instantly. This is the toughest dude I know. He starts bawling his eyes out because of this story with his sister. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. I'm like, we got to stop this. You know, we got to stop this. So I go, right. to, I go to grab the thing and just do like figure eights. And there was a couple people there watching because they wanted to see what, what it was all about because people were talking, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, he was also, you know, he, he was playing college football at that point. You know, he was uh, this other guy named Steve. He was a running back, college football player, tough as nails too. And, uh, and he had his girlfriend with, with him, and she's like, I want to go. And, and t- t- no one's touching this board. The thing says, if you leave, you will die. And we're like, oh. what? And then, like, on cue, wow. the freaking outside, it was like a freaking movie. On cue, lightning and thunder starts, you know, hitting outside. Oh, and I'm just damn. like, what is going on here, right? So then we kind of let this thing go. The thing pops up off the board, lands. I grab it, do the figure eight, and we stop. Next morning, I get a call from his mom, and his mom's, like, super pissed because of this whole thing that went down, you know? And she's like, get this thing out of here, blah, blah, blah. So I go over there and I, you know, go to pick it up and we brought it back over to my other buddy Jim's house and we kept doing it for a little bit longer after that. But there's a ton of other crazy stories too that, um, 
that I'm not even telling you, like where one of the girls was so scared, she went to the uh, church and she grabbed a, a, a spray bottle mm-hmm. and filled it up with the holy She's water. Like, I'm bringing this fucker and she with was me. Spraying it all over her room, dude. Because because literally, she had the board. That was the house that we had done it at the first that first night at that party. Her parents were out of town. One of those type of parties, right? Well, in the morning, she's she, her room was a disaster. Okay, so in the morning, she wakes up. This Ouija board's at the foot of her bed, and the entire room is spotless. And the only picture that's standing, all the other pictures are face down. The only picture that's standing is the picture of her dead grandmother. Oh, my God. So she calls us freaking out. She's like, get over here right now, blah, 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 you know, telling us this whole story. And then that's when we got over there, and she's walking around the house with this rainbow. We're Whoa. like, what are you doing? And she's like, I went to the church and filled these up with holy water. And I was like, oh, my Hang God. Hang on. So does this mean that, like, the spirit of her grandma maybe cleaned up her room and was that's, like, it's me? I mean, that's kind of what she was implying. And, I mean, when we walked in in there in her room her clothes were folded and stuff and i'm telling you man this that's not her mo (laughs) yeah she's not she's not doing that to just you know scare us she was terrified you know you could tell you could tell when someone's terrified you know i would normally probably i wouldn't have been scared if it was my grandma but at the same time those things fucking lie sometimes man. right well that's what exactly that's another thing we we read is that um you know in order to try to possess you they'll tell you elaborate stuff they'll um they'll they'll tell you that they know people like you know that guy's dead sister or you know like stuff like that they'll tell you weird shit that you couldn't explain just to draw you in and um and yeah they'll lie they'll manipulate stuff they'll tell you that elaborate death story that's usually bs too um yeah so i've done a lot of cool stuff and then on top of that you know i got that ghost app that i busted out really quick before the show and and that thing is kind of like a novelty right you know it's an app how good could it be well i'm gonna tell you right now you turn that sucker around you put that down on a table or, you know, walk around with some people and try that thing out. I'm telling you right now, it'll blow your mind. Some of the stuff that it's uh, it's kind of confirmed or said or, you know, like um, shown me was unexplainable. That's the best way I can put it. Even if I'm connecting dots and like, you know, filling in blanks to make it more interesting than it is with the app. It's still almost too uncanny. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you just can't explain that type of accuracy, right. even if you are filling in blanks. We're going to have to try that on one of the episodes yeah. again. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that Ouija board story, that would turn anyone into a believer. Anyone. Oh, immediately. Anyone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I had the board by myself for a while and started doing it by myself, which is a major no-no. That's a huge no-no, yeah. Yeah. So when I when I was talking to one of the spirits that I had run into, he was explaining how there's different types of spirits. Like, some of them are will interact with you, and they're kind of like, you know, like the, the traditional ghost that you would you'd think of in your head, right? And he's like, then there's other um, shadow figures that don't really have any faces or any voice or any, you know, reasoning behind their movements. They kind of just roam this this underworld. And he's like, there's like three of them in the room right now with us. And it kind of blew my mind because every once in a while, you know, you always catch these like shadow figures out of the corner of your eye or something like that. And you always write it off. Well, maybe that's not necessarily you know nothing. Yeah, maybe you, maybe you did catch something real quick out of the crazy. corner. You know, crazy stuff. <laughs> so we'll, yeah. so we'll leave that to you folks to uh, figure <laughs> out there. Um, since we're still on topic, uh, since this is actually technically considered the first episode of our Halloween, you know, specials, you know, for the month of October, um, we asked you guys to actually call in, send in your stories, and we actually got one submission. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. Nice. I think you should read it. I think you're a better reader yeah. than I am. I think okay. Uh, yeah, she's got a reader voice for sure <laughs> definitely she has to do this because i i could kind of jam up on you you want to pull it up on yours because i'm having kind of issues here oh, yeah that's what i'm saying the connection in this room is very bad maybe i need to build the towers yeah <laughs> we, we, we need better please. towers here. <laughs> we're with sprint so uh, maybe <laughs> oh it's all good they come knocking too yeah uh oh do they oh yeah every, all the carriers oh. so like uh, one of the best things that um that was me. <laughs> One of the best things that uh, uh, about working for a tower owner is that you kind of get the the vibe of all the different carriers, what they're up to, um, how good their coverage is, what kind of technology they're rolling out. If they really have 4G, like they say in those commercials, <laughs> all that. Jazz. So, so some of that stuff is fake too, or well, they they like to uh, um, indulge or not indulge. What's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They like to 
they like to say that they have a little bit more bandwidth than they really do. Gotcha. Some of the carriers when they're playing catch up. Right now, everybody's pretty fast. But you know, mm-hmm. back in the day when everyone was trying to get up to those, you know, uh, broadband speeds that you can get to like uh, Comcast or something. Because now your phone is like almost identical speed wise. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I've noticed that. But back in the day, everybody claimed that they had the fastest networks. But you know, did you find it? Uh, it's not loading. Mo, were you able to pull it up? It's on the actual page. I, I like your idea, though, about um, doing some scary story stuff for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we... Uh, he's into ghost adventures, all this stuff. Yeah. Too. That's his thing. I love it. Well, that's why when she said something to me today, I was like, holy cow, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I was, I was like, maybe hey, so Mo, you could think about it. Do uh-huh. me a favor. But you, you had it. Why don't, you get, why don't you get on the actual PC and open up the page for us, yeah? Sorry, folks. We're over here uh, trying to get the actual story. We got one sent in. That's the beauty of uh, working live, man. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah definitely. Yeah. And it's going to, I mean, it's going to be even more difficult once we actually get cameras in here because people are going to see us like fumbling around. And, <laughs> but that's all right. Yeah, it's fine. It's part of the rawness. Process. You know? Process, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fucking process. That's why I love the uh, the film photography stuff because it, the process of developing and like you know having to do everything yourself is um, way different than digital nowadays because you could take a hundred pictures in two seconds with a digital camera, but if you want to take a hundred pictures on film, you got to develop all that film. You got to take all that time. You got to have all those chemicals. You got to dry it all out. Then you got to cut it all up. Then you have to scan it. You know, so there's a ton of process. Ooh, baby sushi rolls waking up over here. Here. Oh, what a cutie! <laughs> and for you folks who don't know, we actually we have we, we usually bring our uh, our youngest, uh, the one month old, to the office because you know they're too young to be getting taken care of. This is the first time he's actually woken up on us. It's all good. So, Kids are the best. Yeah. So you guys are hearing the, the the youngest sushi roll right now. Are you getting it for us there? That's your third co-host. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I told him that before we came yeah. over here. I'm like, you know what? You're the only one. Yeah, he's tiny. Well, he's big. Oh, he, yeah. He was born pretty tank. big. That's awesome, though, man. Yeah, the doctors were like, "Well, we gotta let universities know when babies are born this big, as like so they could be linebackers." I think he was what, what ten pounds? He was nine pounds. Nine pounds. Wow, yeah, nine pound baby. There you go. Yeah, uh, kid becomes linebacker, make you parents some money. You know? Yeah, they're like, we're gonna tell the university. There you go. Yeah, that's what it's all about. But yeah, I, um, all right. I think we got the story pulled up here. Let's do it. All right. You know what? You know, my eyesight is horrible. here. Let, let's let's get the producer here. <laughs> can we can we get Mo to read this? He's got a he's got a good uh, leathery voice. We're gonna, I'm gonna pass the mic over to uh, my producer over here, Mo. All right. Yeah, if I wasn't blind, I would definitely read it. But all right, get in this action, Mo. <laughs> Alrighty. All right. You, you want to bring it closer? <laughs> this uh, this story was submitted to us by our viewer, just listener, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Um, but it begins, my spooky story. The year was 2005. It was my senior year, and it was also my first year in Bolingbroke High School. I met a girl by the name Dagmara Lopez in one of my classes. It was through her I met a group of girls who were just as crazy and wild as me. We did so many things, from partying to dancing and some wild adventures. One specific incident was an evening trip to Bachelors Grove Cemetery. We were, lo- we were all looking for an adventure, and we were curious to see the cemetery for ourselves. I think it was a Friday evening, a few weeks before Halloween, and we went looking for the cemetery. We all piled in looking for this cemetery That's impressive. into my 1994 local Lincoln Continental and head out towards Midlothian to find this cemetery. Remember, this is 2005, so I think at the time I had some papers I printed off MapQuest to arrive. No GPS on my Razor phone at the time. Ooh, the razor, that's a throwback. <laughs> when we got around the area, we ended up having we ended up at a parking space in Rubio Woods. Everyone got out of the car looking pretty confused about where we would find a cemetery. The park was full of life. People were out having picnics, jogging, biking and walking pets. The birds were chirping, and it was what I can describe as a very happy place. Sandy went and asked a person about the location of this cemetery, and he said it was across the street. Well, it was getting late, and we wanted to get in and get out after we walked the cemetery. Well, we made our way across the street, and we found what appeared to be a path. 
Remember that happy place we noticed at Rubio Woods? Well, the birds were not chirping, and the vibe felt totally different. Degmara led the way in, and Adriana and I walked behind her. As we were walking, Chelsea was joking with us that black people don't need to be doing this shit. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> we didn't submit this, they did. And that they were always the first ones to die in movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing the person who said this is black. Said black people shouldn't be doing this, so I'm assuming she's black. <laughs> These do not reflect the views of the podcast. <laughs> we, cannot, <laughs> we cannot choose what people decide to tell us. <clears throat> Moving on. We were cracking up, cracking jokes, and we kept walking through this path. It's October, and fall can surely be felt. As we walked maybe 400 feet into these woods, we came up to a fence that was probably used to try and protect the headstones. What we saw was a vandalized cemetery. We were walking around, reading names on headstones. Degmara and the other four girls were snapping photos and just being curious. By this time, the sun was starting to set, and that evening fog started rolling in from the nearby pond. I told the girls that it's time to go. We'd been there for about 30 minutes, and we still had a 10-minute walk back. As we were walking back, Adriana and I were walking side by side, and it felt kind of weird. We heard branches cracking in the distance, and we started to jog out. I turned back to look, and although I didn't see anything, the feeling was there that we were not to be there. I was so happy when we made it to the street, but as we made it to the car, everyone that we had seen only 45 minutes earlier were gone, and we were the only ones in the parking lot. So we loaded up and began to pull out of the parking lot onto 143rd. We turned right and passed south onto Ridgeland Avenue, and I noticed I was headed away from the 294 exit and then turned in to Bachelors Grove Road which was a two-lane narrow road that led parking for a forest preserve. This is where the interesting stuff starts to happen. I pull up and drive about 100 feet before I have to do a U-turn. As I'm reaching the stop sign, another car with no headlight assemblies is turning in, and as I look to my left to check this car and guy out, I see a man in what appeared to be in monk clothing with a very blank stare. Everyone in the car notices him and are freaked out. I took the left turn to go back in the direction that I turned in from, and as I'm crossing two lanes, I notice this car that had just literally turned in had its front end already ready and following me. Now the girls are freaking out, and this man starts to follow us. So I floor it, and I'm approaching... South Ridgeland again. The light is red, and the decision was made to blow the light. We all change our attention to make sure we don't hit a car. We blow through at 60 miles per hour, and as soon as we are clear, we look back, and that car is gone. Gone. I busted a U-turn, and I promise you, in less than six seconds, I was back at the middle of the intersection I had just blown through. In no direction do we see that car. I yelled out, no way this is happening. No way this is fucking possible. But we left, and I took each girl home. It was around 11 p.m. when I got to our apartment, Innsbruck Apartments, for the locals of Bolingbrook. I went to my room, and I got into bed. I couldn't stop thinking about that fucking car. Well, it was at that moment when I looked towards my door, and I saw that same monk standing in my doorway. I froze. I couldn't yell. I couldn't move. I just shut my eyes and recited the only prayer I know. When I opened my eyes, the monk in the robes was gone. Call it what you want, but I got scared. Dun, dun, dun. That was awesome. Thank you, Mo. Thank he, you. he killed that reading. Yeah, thank you, Mo. <laughs> thank you for your submission. Um... That was a good one. 
thank you. I'm, I'm actually familiar with that uh, with that um, graveyard. Yeah, um, I've never been there, but I kind of always wanted to go. I don't want to run into this monk though. And I used to live <laughs> in Orland Park, and uh, before I got divorced, and um, and uh, my ex-wife's mom lived right through there. So every single time we had to go to their house, we drove right by there. Jeez. So, yeah. Well, thank you for your submission, Jesus. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you for interacting with the show. Um, thank you for sending it in. Um, we're supposed to be having um, more people. We have other submissions. Um, we'll be savoring those for uh, other episodes leading all the way up to Halloween. Oh, my God, man. This episode has literally, it feels like... Five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I looked at the timer earlier I and I was too. like, no way. Are we <laughs> already know it. Yeah. Now you know why Joe ends up at three hours sometimes. Yes. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, and it's because he has people that he likes, so the conversation just keeps going definitely. on. You know what? Um, we say it a lot, um, but we definitely would love to have you back sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. would really like to have you back. Um, You're a man of many talents. So man of many talents. It's, it's only begun. The conversation will continue. Yeah. The conversation will continue, folks. Yes. Well, thank you for coming to the Two Sushi Rolls podcast studio. Although we are only starting, there's still more to come, man. Um, We want to thank all the listeners out there. Man, we couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, we know that the audience is growing, and we really appreciate every single one of you guys for listening, tuning in. Um, we, we thank all of you guys, man. Um, if you guys want to find us, you guys can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram on the Two Sushi Rolls Podcast, as always. And if you guys would like to see some of the work done by Orion the Hunter Photography, please look him up on Instagram and anything else. You said you have a pretty lockdown and everything, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. OrionTheHunterPhotography.com. Um, Orion the Hunter Photography for uh, Facebook and Instagram. And then Twitter is Orion the Hunter uh, 7 because I don't think I could get gotcha. another thing on Twitter for some reason. Guys, please go show him some love. Give his page a like. Give it a share. Um, I guarantee you guys are going to love it. His photography is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, please go show him some love. Thank you so much for coming to the studio, man. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you for having me. For real, it's awesome. Man, <laughs> we definitely got to get more stories going in here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, your story, this story, it was... It was insane. Yeah, and uh, it's it's still early, so we got another month before Halloween, so a bunch <laughs> of Halloween stories. Yeah. I, I say uh, you do the same thing, but do like a holiday one, too. Keep people uh, sending in cool stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. And, well, then, and then have him read it. He's a, an all-star on the mic there, reading like a... <laughs> thank you, Mel. Reading like a champ, as right. always. <laughs> Man, thank you so much for uh, coming in again. All right, guys. Well, um, thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys on the next episode of Two Suits. She wrote podcast. Take care. Thank you.